Hey, what's up, everybody? Coulter Nuanas from Skyline Sports and ESPN-MT. I'm headed over to the battle for the Little Brown Stein between Montana and Idaho a day early because not only is a homecoming in Moscow, it's also the second ever Tap the Keg Brewfest. Friday, that's October 13th, from 3.30 to 7.30 Pacific time, the Brewfest will be at the Dan O'Brien Track and Field Complex, which is right in the hub of all the homecoming festivities there for the Vandals. Local and regional beers, ciders, and seltzers will be available to taste and enjoy. And Oktoberfest-inspired food vendors and live music will also be a part of the experience. Everybody over at the University of Idaho, they really want you to know that Vandals and Grizz fans alike are welcome at this event. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be fun. If you like to hang out with me, I'm certainly down to hang out with you. You can purchase tickets at go.uidaho.edu backslash tap the keg. That's go.uidaho.edu backslash tap the keg. There'll be over 15 different breweries represented. And right before the pep rally, which follows this fun event, there's going to be a fireworks show and a drone show as well. It's going to be super fun. Really uh, happy and uh, appreciative that the Office of Alumni Relations there at the University of Idaho invited us. And so if you'd like to go, please do it. Go.uidaho.edu, the second ever Cap the Tag event, Friday the 13th, that is, 3.30 to 7.30 at the Dan O'Brien Track and Field Complex in the Kibbe Dome. From an old stomping ground, the SWX Montana, ABC Fox Montana Studios here uh, in Missoula, Sean Rainey, sports director at SWX, joining us here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. Ton of stuff to get to, but I got to ask you, I've been dying to know your opinion on this. This is more of an ESPN radio deal, but I think we have a fair amount of baseball fans here. What do you think of this new playoff format? I think that fan bases of the Dodgers and stuff are going to com- <laughs> are going to complain about it. Who do we know that when possibly it's like, could be complaining yeah, about it? Yeah, and they're just right? going to complain about it and use it as an excuse. Baseball playoffs are always and have been and have always been random. True. Baseball is such a random sport. It's whoever's hot at the time. Yep. It's do you hit with runners in scoring position? Yep. It's it's all about just who's running hot at the time. It doesn't matter the format. Sure. It, if, Don't if you the, think, though, the fact that the wildcard teams played their way into the playoffs by being hot and then got two playoff games makes them get to stay hot? Possibly, but, like, if you're if you're the Dodgers, are you, would you have the – if you if I gave you the, the, the choice, sure, you can either rest, set your rotation, get everything lined up, or you have right. to play in a three-game series. Which one are you picking? It's true. None of them are playing to pick in the wildcard. No, that's, that's a great point. That's like, a great point. The, would, you, would you rather win 20 more games than the Diamondbacks did – yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, these teams are – the teams that won in the wild card are having to pitch then their number three or four starter yes. to open up the series yeah. against the other teams. But you're supposed to have your starting rotation lined up. The issue is just the Braves and the Dodgers in the National League. Their pitching has either been injured or suspended or right. has issues. Same kind of thing with Baltimore. The, they're the one seed and really good team, but their pitching sucks. And so – We've seen it be just because of injuries and whatnot with the pitching staffs yeah. of the top seeds. They weren't able to kind of line up their aces because they don't have them or they're injured. And so that's why they've been kind of exposed. What if they made the wild card round a five-game series instead of a three and they made divisional series on seven-game series like the NBA? But then you're resting even longer. Then you have even a longer break. Yeah. 
for those teams. I that just have think seven game series, the the better team rises to the top. We see no, that, I agree. I mean, I've said that. that I've said that forever. How how do we in the NBA? How do we play eighty games and then have seven game series? What four rounds of, of seven game series? <laughs> it's not even. There's no point to watch. And in, the NBA and in Major anymore. League Baseball, you play 162. Yeah. And then you play a three game, right. a five game, and then right. two sevens. Right, right. Like baseball should be having, if anything, baseball should be the one that has the seven all the uh, way through. Totally. Not the NBA. No, so like, it's, yeah. it's totally true. Yeah, I've said that for a long time. It's it's hard, but the baseball, and they're just, I don't think they're ever going to be able to shorten the season, which is what they would have to do to like truly revamp the playoffs mm-hmm. because then all the old heads would freak out about all the stats because it wouldn't be 100 <laughs> because baseball is such a stat sport that such like if you mess sport. it up like the nfl well they already messed up the stats of baseball it's hard to even know what's good and bad anymore because it's totally different true but all like your traditional ones with the yeah. 162 season people would just lose their mind okay. you, you can add a game in the nfl yes it messes up the stats but sure. nobody really freaked out about it because it's the nfl and it's not that's not right. how it's done you can do the same thing in basketball if you messed up if you took 20 games away from mlb People would freak out because then you can't compare right. stats, even though that's what they should do. Take 20 games away, make the playoffs longer. Let's go. Okay, one just yes or no question. Is Bryce Harper a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Wow. Okay. He will be. Mm-hmm. I was really thinking about this because his statistics are fine, good. I mean, he, he's been in so many big games, so that's part of it. But Okay, enough baseball He's still pretty young. <laughs> yeah. That's the other part is when, when he was rounding third – in, uh, I guess it was the first wild card game. He blew through the stop sign, scored the run to put the Phillies up one nothing. I was like, man, Bryce Harper's looking kind of old. And I looked it up. I was like, this dude's only 30. 30. Yeah. <laughs> he's way younger than us. Mm-hmm. He's not old. We're old if he's old. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Riz then. Uh, how much did last week in California change your opinion of the Grizz? <laughs> I don't want to say none because. You got to give him some credit for getting you the win. Give him credit, but I'm 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 not gonna buy in yet. So I'm I'm just not gonna be fooled by beating a team who, I mean, I think Davis is solid, but especially without their running back, I just I don't. They didn't look very good to me. And in some ways, they they looked they did look good to me, but. I, I guess from like a man-to-man talent evaluation standpoint, they looked pretty good. Like they had two defensive linemen, a linebacker, and a safety that all stood out to me right away, popped on film. I, I actually had a very unique experience. I had a wedding on Saturday, so I turned the phone off fully mm. and then went home. And when we got home, I was like, hey, I told my girl, I was like, hey, you got to check. She doesn't care. Yeah. So I was like, you got to check the Grizz game. Tell me what the – how much time is left. Don't tell me the score. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to go watch it. And so we got home and she's like, Oh, there's only three minutes left. I'll just tell you when it's over. So you can go start from the beginning. Got, you know, yeah, yeah, you wanna, don't like, want to mess. Yeah. yeah. So then I was like, okay. And I had stayed off Twitter. I, I was so proud of myself. Stayed that's off hard, Twitter. Dude, that's so hard to oh, do. Or so like hard. get a text or oh, anything. No, I turned it all on. Do all, not disturb. Yeah. I had nothing going on. When I turned it back on, I had 67 yeah. texts. Everybody talking about the Grizz, hey, all this stuff, whatever. Humble but, brag of how popular I, you are. <laughs> no, no, it's because <laughs> I get I, like four. It's, no, it's because I got the group text <laughs> with the Grizz fan podcast. Oh, and then you're done. There's 49 of them just there. And then a couple from my mom, not about the Grizz game at all. Uh, anyways, the whole point is that uh, I watched the game in a totally different fashion. Because I watched the game, I rewatched the games, like watching film, mm-hmm. rewinding, whatever. But I did that like in real time without knowing what's going on. Ooh, I like that play. Rewind it, rewind it. 
So I, I saw a lot of different stuff. Anyways, the point is, I, I I thought UC Davis had some great talent on both sides of the ball. They have like a missing link, though. Well, they're they're one dimensional on offense because they yes. couldn't run the ball, so that really yeah. hurt with the yeah, yeah. Larson kid out. I will say this about Montana: they at least now have an identity on offense. Totally, and that and that was what I felt was just kind of the biggest flaw of this team. Yes, up until this point yes. was you know the flip flopping of the quarterbacks. Yep. and whether yep. or not I think. The ceiling of the offense is with McDowell is an argument that we can have at another time, but at least now we know who they are offensively. Yep. They know who they are offensively and they're kind of rolling with it. And I think that some of the issues that they've had offensively, especially in like pass protection, it's kind of crazy. We, everyone was talking about how good this offensive line is going to be and they have not lived up to it at all. And especially when it comes to protecting the pass, yeah, the pass protection issues have been, have have been really, really bad, really bad. And McDowell as the running quarterback kind of hide can hide that because you're, you're staying ahead of the chains. He's running the ball and he's, you know, athletic and so big that he's harder to sack. So you're kind of avoiding the, the bigger negative plays out of pass protection and you're not in, you know, as many third and longs because you do run the ball with him a little bit more. So it kind of does fit. And I can see why at least short term, the offense is better in this system and they have that identity. Now what happens when they're down by two scores on Saturday against Idaho, if that happens, then we start having a different conversation. Can this team play from behind? That's a, that's a big question. Probably not. I mean, we'll find out, but they're not suited to play from behind. I think and once we get down, once they get down a score, then we're really going to find out, you know, what they got. Here's so. an interesting statistic for you. This is courtesy of our buddy Kyle Sample. Grizz faced 19 third downs on Saturday, and 15 of them were five-plus yards still. So mm-hmm. even though it seemed like they were staying ahead of the sticks, they actually weren't. But I think that they – the caveat to that stat, though, is that they were a lot of times – maximizing first and second down better yeah they were getting first downs before third down down. yeah which is wow what a novel concept that they haven't done (laughs) they haven't done much of the last couple years you know uc davis was showing this nine-man box the grizz had a Mm -hmm. screen game ready for that that's great that's coaching that they actually made an adjustment there which has been null and void for a couple years where they're just banging their heads in the wall i mean Mm -hmm. a couple years ago even last year they would have said oh nine-man backs that's fine let's just block better let's be tougher they actually had an adjustment for it. UC Davis then adjusted in the second half and really kept the, the Grizz offense in check, but they were still able to, to stay ahead of it, and then they had the nice play call, Eli Gilman to the house. You asked the great question to Coach Halk about that, and they were able to kind of bust it open. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I talked about this on ESPN Radio last week. The skill and talent of your quarterback is one part of it but also how much confidence your team has in the quarterback is also part of it. Coach Alex has been trying to do this, you know, dual quarterback system. It only works if both guys are empowered for the whole team to rally around them like they did at Sac State, like they do at Montana State. It just seems like the team had no confidence, I should say no confidence, but limited confidence in any of the options until the last two weeks, and now they have a little bit of confidence in Clifton McDowell. I think it's just – it's just more just uncertainty. Sure. And I think, you know, we were kind of talking off air before this. I think this generation of kids don't deal well with uncertainty no. or they're not sure what's going on. So now I just feel like it just gives a, okay, we, we know what the game plan is. We know mm-hmm. who it's going to be. We know what the situations are. 
And so it just gives that like sense of security mm-hmm. to everybody on the offense, knowing what it's going to be. I still don't understand and still just baffles me that we haven't seen them both utilized together. It's just one or the other. You like, tried. I just don't get it, man. You tried to ask Coach Houck last week I about did. that, and he says, "He, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll play four. No, he goes, we, yeah, he goes, we. I was like, it's either been we've seen a lot of McDowell and a lot of Vidlack. It's either one or the other. You're riding with one for an entire half, and a then quarter, you make the switch. Yeah. It's not you're not using any of them situationally, which is what I think a lot of people thought was going to happen. And yes. It's what a lot of other teams do against the Grays. Oh, it's third and two. Let's bring in our six-five quarterback to run it up the middle. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's goal line situations. Let's bring in the goal line guy. Like what Sac State murdered yes. Montana with the last few years. Yep. And so I asked that, and he goes, "Well, we're going to do what we're going to do. We play the hot hand." And he goes, "And hell, we may see three or four on on uh, Saturday." And then in my preview package, I basically called him a liar. I was like, I played that soundbite, and I was like, Coach, I think you're fibbing because we're not going to see three or four quarterbacks. You don't even have four quarterbacks that were suited up. So, um, yeah, I just that, – that has been the biggest surprise to me about this team is I really thought that we were going to see them – I thought we were going to see Clifton in more, you know, special packages and yes, stuff. Right. And it was going to be more vidlack and using them both and empowering them both. And instead it's just been this one or the other couldn't figure it out. And I think Vidlak kind of ends up being kind of the scapegoat for the NAU loss. And now we're just rolling with Clifton. Join town pumps, pump it up rewards plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Right down the road. Coach Marty Bordeaux said this on my ESPN show a couple weeks ago. Because he's he's a guru when it comes to quarterbacks in general, but especially mobile guys and playing Mm -hmm. two quarterback systems. And he's like, man, anytime I had two quarterbacks – if the passer's in, I got the Wildcat guy right on my hip on the sideline. He's ready to go in. So the other team is looking like, when's this guy going to go in? When's this guy going to go in? Oh, boom, it's third down. Here he is. He's in. Let, you know, let's run, like, like you just said, run up the middle. So I don't know. I, I don't know if they have the capacity to actually do that. So if they don't have the capacity to do it, I think they just got to choose one guy. And now they have a guy that's 3-0. and He's a senior. It's and been, yeah, it's been working. I think it has to be that guy. Yeah, so now it's kind of just roll with it until – it doesn't work or there's an injury or, you know, cause I mean, when you're, if you're carrying the ball, you know, what do you have? 20 carries against Idaho state, yep. 10 the next week. So yep. if, if you're averaging 15 plus carries, I mean, just ask Montana state what happens when your quarterback runs it that many times. Totally. Like you're probably going to roll an ankle or land hard on a shoulder or something, you know? And then that's the issue that I have with, with kind of doing it that way is then you're bringing in, you know, vidlack or, yeah. I mean, Ayat's been getting a lot of reps at two. Then you're bringing in a guy, and then you kind of have to then change the identity yeah, of your totally offense. Totally change the identity, exactly. Yet again. So it's going fa- to be fascinating to watch, you know, play out. And we're going we're going to see what happens. I, we'll, we'll learn a lot about the team, obviously, on Saturday. Um, the UC Davis stuff, it's a good win. Does it mean that the Grizz are, are good and upper echelon? 
I, I don't think we'll we see. learn that at all from yeah. the Davis game. We'll learn it on Saturday. Last question on last game, and then we'll talk about the upcoming yeah. game. What about uh, what about defensive adjustments? I thought I thought they did some different stuff. Coach How claims they weren't blitzing as much, or claims that they were blitzing. Yeah, as much. yeah, we got it. I just sent that little clip of that whole exchange to some of my buddies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what I was seeing so – I, I guess I misstated my question. They're still bringing pressure with their linebackers off the edge because that's what they got to do. They play a three-man front. I thought they were blitzing the inside guys a lot less and letting those guys roll around. To, I mean, they used to blitz all three linebackers. like Right. Like one out of every, like, well, and five plays I mean, it felt like, you know. Dante Olsen, <laughs> Jace Lewis, and Marcus Wilnow have all been – like top five sack guys in the big sky the last several years because they are so good at running that double A gap blitz, bringing the heat up the middle. They haven't been getting well, any pressure up the middle. How much do you think? Because I agree, and I and they say that their the blitz rate is about the same as it was. Yeah, but I think it's about how many guys you're bringing. Like Bear right. would just bring the house. They were letting the inside guys roam around and make plays on the ball and make tackles. That's yeah. why I asked Coach Huck that question. Yeah, because I'm trying to write a story about. Like praising their defensive adjustments because you know, Braxton Hill isn't as good of a pass rusher as Marcus Wellnell or Dante Olson, but he's really, really good in the middle of the field. Yeah, the and ball, that's what you're trying to get out. And space. he's just trying to like thinking that you're. That's not true, he says. Yeah. Regardless, <laughs> I think it's more of a just they're disappointed with the pressure they're getting. Zero sacks. And, and you're kind of sniffing around that fact and they don't want to admit it. Well, zero, zero sacks a big sack conference play. That, the, 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 the number is real. But also, when you look at their personnel, guys like Tyler Flink and Braxton Hill, those guys run really well sideline to sideline, and they're really good at tackling in open space. I thought the key stat to the game defensively for the Grizz on Saturday was they had 11 pass breakups. And a lot of those pass breakups were by their linebackers because mm-hmm. they're playing man-to-man. They're playing in zones. They're making plays on the ball. Bend but don't break. Get the ball carried down. You're going to allow 23 points against a, an offense that can score. And I just thought it was a good adjustment by them. Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Missoula. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. So I guess my question for you going into this Idaho game is, are the, the adjustments they made on both sides way more screens and easy passes to the receivers and you know way less aggressiveness on defense, way more of a traditional style defense, are those sustainable against Idaho? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> I mean, I think offensively they can ha- they'll have uh, – I think they can have some success against Idaho. Yep. It's just the question is, like, how much can they hold up defensively? Yeah. Because Idaho is just – they're just so loaded at all these positions that you can't really – you can't key and shift your defense to like, okay, you want to take Hayden Hatton away. Right. Cool. Which, which is what other teams have been doing. He has, yeah. He has half the numbers he had last year. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. Anthony Woods has been a big sky player of the week. Jermaine Jackson has been a big exactly. sky player of the week. Everybody else is killing you. I mean, because that's what – yeah. Because, okay, cool. Well, let's put Corbin Walker on him with a safety over the top. But then you got – Jack, you got these other guys roaming the slot wide open with yep. a bunch of space. So that's that's what makes them dynamic is you can't key in on on one spot. And so I I think defensively it's going to be uh, obviously a tough task. And by far, like who's the best 
offense the Grizzlies face this year? I mean, it's yeah. it's da- it's got to be Davis, right? Davis. Butler, Butler. <laughs> yeah. with that court, like this is a massive step up in competition for, sure. for the Grizz defense. The Grizz offense, I I feel like they've played some good defenses. I don't yep. think I don't think I, Idaho's defense is going to be like, whoa, this is a like m- major step up in class. Hot take. We're not used to this. Fair State defense, defense better. is better than Idaho. Yes, that's what I'm, better up front. For yes, sure. that's what I'm saying. So like, I think offensively they're gonna. It's not going to be a shock to their system. It will be the first time that they're playing like on the road in a hostile environment. Right. And there should be some noise in the Kibbe Dome. I'm looking forward to the, the atmosphere. Me too. Like it's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. And so they'll have to deal with some noise. They might have some issues with some, you know, speed rushes off the edge, getting a late jump off the snap with the silent count, things like that. But I think offensively they can handle what they're going to see personnel wise. It's, it's where on defense where is this going to be a major shock to the system? Right. Like, Damn, they got dudes all over the place that we have not faced yet. Because, I mean, well, hell, maybe NAU was the best offense that they faced, right? Um, and NAU gave them gave them a lot of fits. So, I think, but I think that's, I mean, they're like NAU, but just better at every position. You well, know, that's, I mean, that's the thing is we're talking about, you know, uh, guys that are all solid FCS players. Now Idaho has legitimately. Like all American guys at the yeah. minimum, a top 10 quarterback in the country at the minimum, a top five receiving core in the country. And yeah. I think Anthony Woods is league if he keeps getting better. So I yeah. mean, you're talking about great running back and the other running back, Nick Romano is also really good. So I don't know. I think Idaho has a significant uh, step up in talent. I agree with you. Yeah. So that, so that's, what's going to be fascinating to see. And, and can they, they're going to have to figure out those adjustments quicker than halftime. Yes. Um, if they're going to be able to compete in this one, because like the UC Davis game, obviously they only allowed three points in the second half. They made those adjustments and, and they were pretty rock solid. But if it takes you until halftime to make the adjustments against Idaho, you might give up 30, right? 35 and a half. I mean, Idaho scored, scored on their first drive, every single possession this entire year. Yeah. So they're, that's, that, even, that's even playing against two FBS. Okay, that they're, they're like, that's like the Niners of the NFL. Exactly. Like Shanahan comes out in this scripted thing, and every single game to start it, they're boom, 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 touchdown. Right. Every time. Then you're playing from behind. Yeah. So it's the same thing. And so can they make adjustments quicker? We're going to find out. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. We are certainly going to find out. uh, What, if any, advantages do you think the Grizz have on Saturday against Idaho? Hmm. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, we talk about with Idaho, it's hard to take away one guy or another. I think it was very important to get Fonts and White going. Yes. A week after getting Bergen going, When it's too. not just Bergen, yeah. Yes. Because I felt – it felt now like – like, Now they have two weeks of film where all three yeah, guys it, went off. Because it really felt like there was a two, three-week stretch there where it was like we're just kind of – going to Bergen and he's kind of the only guy that's kind of, you know, stepping up and making plays. Getting Fonts going is is massive for, for this sure. offense because while Bergen is super quick 
and has his own kind of explosiveness. He doesn't really have like the the downhill pure speed kind of that like Fonts possesses. Yep. And he's longer and you know, he's got a kind of a different little uh gear to him. So getting Fonts going is super important for this offense. I think you know what you're gonna get from Keelan White. Uh, you know, he'll make the plays uh, that are there. He's more of the possession guy and, and, and a very solid uh option as well. But getting to all three of those receivers kind of clicking together, I think, is is an important thing that could give Idaho's secondary some some issues if they're able to, you know, effectively run the ball and run some play action off of that. That's always going to be your – there's been so much that's changed about the big sky, but one thing that remains the same is that if you have super talented receivers, they're almost certainly going to be better than the guys that are guarding them because mm-hmm. it's so hard to get elite DBs yeah. in the big sky. And I don't – I mean, I actually think Montana has – for sure, one elite DB in Corbin Walker and another one, Trevor Granny, that's that's coming. He's definitely knocking on the door, and he's very, very good. And Idaho also has a couple really good DBs as well. But that's why if you have three receivers, you can always find a mismatch, right? It's like Cody Hawkins said. He's like, we're going to run four wide forever because I know that no matter what the other team runs, one of my four guys is going to be better than the guy guarding him. That's where the Grizz yeah. should and can make big strides is just realizing, hey, even if the other team has great – one and two corners move it around find the, find who's got the three corner on him and attack him well and i think if you ask internally and if you ask you know the wide receivers themselves i think they would admit the one thing that they kind of struggled with especially early on in the season and this is what happens when you kind of are vaulted into a role that yeah. is higher than you've been asked to do before New, yeah like they really kind of struggled with the physicality and the contact on the top of routes and making plays on the ball where when, when you are having contact uh, yep. with a defensive back, they, they all of them kind of struggled with that to start the year. And so to see Fonts go in and, and attack the ball like he did against UC it. Davis yep. and just go get it, that was a very encouraging sign because that is what – and he's – him, White, Bergen, they're all pretty slight. None of them are, totally. you know, a, a physical wide receiver out no. there. So them being able to fight through contact, get some of those 50-50 balls, like that was a good sign. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. All right, so this will be an interesting one at the Kibbe Dome Saturday night. Last question for you. What's your thought on the big sky? Because the big sky is so interesting right now because there's all these teams that are ranked, and I think part of that is because big sky is okay, pretty good. Also because the rest of the FCS, there isn't anybody else, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, Weber State's still ranked this week, even though Weber has shown nothing in conference play. NAU and Portland State might be coming. I actually think they might both be – I mean, NAU just beat beat the hell out of, of Weber, but I think Portland State might be better too. But I- anyways, I, I just wonder what do you think of the Big Sky Conference just in the scope of, of, of all of it? We thought there was going to be like these five, six, seven playoff teams. There still might, but is that actually because the Big Sky is better than it's ever been or is because there's nobody else in the in the playoff yeah. chase? Well, I don't, I don't pay attention to the rest of the FCS as much as you do. Yeah. 
I don't pay attention to much but, of the outside yeah. of the Missouri Valley because I don't think there's exactly else like, going. Well, I have Sam Herder on point? my show once yeah. a week because he could tell me all the other stuff that, you know, I mean, it's Western Carolina. They're number nine in the country this week. Are they actually better than no anybody? <laughs> like, and, like, that might be, like, you know, the – the big sky or valley like bias of us, but sure. it's like, but it, we see it, but it's a, it's a thing. Though. It, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I really think that like the top eight or nine teams in the big sky and the top seven teams in the Missouri Valley make up 16 of the top, what? Agree. Teams I, in the I, country? I, I totally agree. Um, as far as the, the question is, how good is the big sky goes? Yeah. I, I was saying before the season, when I was looking at it, I was like, cause we're like, man, there's like five or six, like yeah. really, really good teams. And I was like, there's a there's a chance that with some of the new coaches, with some of the question marks going in, that the 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 four, five, six teams, seven rank, you know, in that order. Like I was pretty confident, you know, Idaho and the Cats were gonna be really good. Yes. After that, I was like, man, there's a chance that you know, like a Sac State could take a step back. Sure. Weber, Montana, Pat, Weber and has. Weber, and Weber is not going to be nearly as good. Yep. And we're kind of seeing like Montana's not as good as I, th- I think we expected. UC, UC Davis is just kind of UC a Davis is not. The, they did, I don't know. There's middle. Of the road. I thought NAU was better, but then then you get Eastern's better than we thought. Portland State. Portland State NAU. is friskier than we thought. NAU's kind of getting frisky. Idaho but, State's better than yeah. we thought. Idaho State's not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. But Idaho State's way better than they were. Yeah. And how much of that is are, are those teams being better, and then that middle class that we thought was going to be like really solid is not as good. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's as deep as far as like not title contending, but like, sure. Could sneak into the final four, yeah. final eight teams. Like, I don't think there's as many top tier teams in the big sky yeah. as we, you know, possibly thought. Cause I don't know. How many do you think are like legit contenders? Like I, to me, it's only Idaho and MSU. Well, at this I, that's, point. that's the part that frustrates me about the FCS so much right now is I think there's only two or maybe three real national title contenders. South Dakota State, Montana State, North Dakota State. And North Dakota State are, just got knocked out, so are they really even in there? Well, yeah. yeah. I get what you're saying. I'm saying, like, if things – but, like, for Idaho, like, if things break their way, like, they yeah. could be in it, you know. They actually have to prove it. it. It's right now. Yeah. Montana coming to town, and then a bye, and then Montana State coming to town, you have a chance like, to prove it. But, like, I'm not putting – like, but I'm putting Idaho in that upper tier. Sure. I'm not no, putting I, I Montana – like, I would – there would – a lot of stuff would have to happen for Montana to get there, totally. in my opinion. And know? even Sac State's number four in the country this week, and I still think they have a long ways to yeah, go. Yeah, I see. I think Idaho be... State's a little step down from – or uh, Sac State's a little step down from that. But, I, I agree, yeah. But but they're – I mean, if things break their way and, you know, injuries here or there happen to a couple of the teams above them, like they could find themselves in the final four or final eight or whatever. Sure. You know, for yeah, sure. yeah. No, I mean, Sac, Sac's pr- pretty good. But, like, but, after that – I know we're, we're going to be able to you know? rank this a lot better in three weeks. But to me, what I've seen so far, Montana, Northern Arizona, Portland State are all a little bit better than UC Davis and all better than Weber. And that's kind of how and and it's like e- those. You might throw Eastern in that. Group. And Eastern. Yeah. I think Eastern's yeah. actually what I've seen so far. I think Eastern's probably fourth in my big sky yeah. power rankings. Yeah. And then that other group of four are all fighting it out for like those last two spots well, out of the big sky. All, all I got to say about it this year is it's going to be awesome because they're all playing each other. For sure. And that has not happened in the past. Like it has, it's been like where an Idaho or a Sac State gets to skip mm-hmm. three of the four. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of a round robin where everybody's going to be playing everybody. The one team that isn't is Davis. But right. now that 
we've kind of seen that like because that was the whole thing when I was looking at the schedule I was like hell there's a chance that Davis might win the league because well, totally. of their schedule but you want to know who else has an advantageous schedule Portland State yeah that's before we thought NAU was good though <laughs> and yeah, NAU, yeah. That, that game this week Portland State and NAU is a big game but what I'm talking about is like as far as Cats Idaho Sac Montana yep. Eastern they're all kind of playing yep. each other so it's all going to get sorted out yep or they're all might just have like one loss. <laughs> Portland State, NAU. If Portland State could get past NAU, then they get Idaho State and Northern Colorado the next couple of weeks. And then I think they play Eastern. Could be interesting. And Grizz. But even yeah. way, either way, though, then they they yeah. could be four and two or five and one yeah. going into the Grizz game. Then all of a sudden you have all this stuff to play for. And I don't know. That could, that, that could be a Well, wild and that's what game. made that UC Davis game just absolutely massive for massive. Montana. Because if they would have lost that, it could have been. I was saying I was kind of using the analogy. I was like, man, it felt like kind of the the plane had one engine that was out. And it was kind of kind of floating around, and if if that Davis game, if they would have lost that, the other one would have gone out, and they would have yeah nose nose died. But now now they're kind of you know they they fixed that engine a little bit. Yep. It's still it's still going. We're running out of a little bit of gas, but they might be able to you know fill up the tank if they can get a win on Saturday. Shout Rainey SWX by Chad Television here on the uh, Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks for doing it, man. Appreciate it. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. Whether you're a sports fan or you run a business, you got to have something to wear. Why not get it branded? Why not represent your favorite sports teams, your favorite high school, your favorite college, your favorite pro team? Why not represent your business when you're out and about your respective communities? Anode Designs can help you out. Anode Designs, our great friend Blake Hempstead, contributor at Skyline Sports. He's the man in charge there at Anode, and they can get you hooked up with everything from Anaconda Copperhead gear to any and every sort of branded gear for your business. Find out more, visit anodesigns.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Anno Designs is located at 421 East Park Avenue in Anaconda. You can find them on Facebook or you can give them a call 406-563-0121. Where we get all our gear from Skyline Sports, Anno Designs in Anaconda. 